Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess, and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. Flo Kane is a woman on a mission. Starting her sales career with Acton Real Estate in 2012, she's since made her mark on her patch in Coogee and shows no signs of slowing down. We've been watching Flo's career go from strength to strength in the crib office, so we thought it was about time to get her in for a chat about what drives her passion for real estate. Fleur, welcome to The Crunch. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you so here. much for coming in. Um, now, we normally get started and I want to get started with you with your background because I understand you had a bit of a unique upbringing. Yes. Um, so I wanted to just, I guess, ask about that to yeah. get things rolling. Definitely. Okay. So where do I get started with that? <laughs> um, well, for my, my early childhood years, I um, grew up on Bruni Island, which is in the very southern end of Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents had a camel farm there. Oh, so, right. Yes. We um, we gave camel rides to tourists. <laughs> that was their business. Um, and it was quite seasonal in Tasmania, given that it's a bit cold in winter. Yeah. So usually we would be based on the farm for about six months of the year over summer, giving camel rides. Mm-hmm. And in the winter months, um, we would follow the show circuit right up to Brisbane and back down again. For oh my goodness! From three Shows to six like months. carnivals. Yes, yes, pretty. That's pretty cool. Carnivals. Yeah. So that was up until I was about twelve years old. Um, my stepdad then got a job offer. Uh, he's German originally, so my yeah. whole family is from Germany. Um, he got a job offer back in Switzerland, so he ended up taking that. And when I was twelve years old, we moved to Switzerland, and I did all of my high school years over there. Wow. I assume there's no camels in Switzerland. No, no. So the camels got adjusted out onto a, uh, a big friend station. They're actually still there to this day, most of them. Um, and, yeah, just did high school over there. They worked over there. And then at the age of 16, I had the choice between either um, going to live with some friends in France and being an au pair, yep. which my parents really wanted me to do to learn French. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to go back to Tassie and finish college with my best friends. So went back to Tassie and did that okay. um, at the point that I finished college, there wasn't really anything I wanted to do at uni. So I just worked on adventure boat cruises and traveled around a bit and uh, yeah, lived the dream at that point. There you go. (laughs) So the reason that I wanted to start with that was then to kind of lead into how did you get into real estate and how did you find yourself in Perth? Because you started real estate quite young. Yes, I did. So what was the kind of journey from adventure boats? (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think it was shortly before my 19th birthday, I was kind of getting a little bit restless in Tassie and because I was traveling, I decided I wanted to move somewhere else and try out something new. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the people that I worked with there also worked seasonally, but came up in the winter season to the Kimberleys or they'd work on the Rottnest boats and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of my colleagues worked in Perth and they all kind of recommended it and said, yeah, head on over, check it out. It's like a bigger version of Tassie, (laughs) nice people, bit better weather, so you probably like it. So I was like, yeah, good idea. And um, my boyfriend at the time was in the Navy in Melbourne, so he he got a posting to Perth as well. So Ah, kind of took that opportunity and um, rode over. But, yeah, I really fell in love with Frio when I first arrived here and looking for a rental around Fremantle. Mm -hmm. So I walked into the LJ Hooker office, it was at the time, in Frio, um, got chatting to the receptionist about rentals and then I was kind of like you know I've, I've always wanted to get into real estate how do you actually get a job in real estate because it's kind of a bit of a 
unknown kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the director was standing behind her at the time on the printer and said, one of our property management assistants has just left. It's not a job you need to be licensed for. Do you want to come in and have an interview? And yeah. Yeah, ever since then, been Boom. in real estate. <laughs> yeah. What made you? What would? What sparked your interest in in real estate through all that time when you were, you know, doing something that was so far removed from it? Yeah, look, I'd always loved it. I mean, I've always dealt with people throughout every aspect of my life, and and kind of been in the public. So mm-hmm. I knew there was the element of just dealing with a lot of different people and a lot of different circumstances. But even as a kid, I'd kind of always pulled out the real estate sections and just looked through the homes, and always been really fascinated by that. So it was just something that was there in the back of my mind and then spontaneously just came up in conversation at the right time, I guess, right. and fell into it, but really, really loved it and never looked back since. Unreal. There you go. So how did you get from property management assistant? When did you start selling? Yeah, so that was kind of a bit of a transition. So the aim was always to get into sales. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, that was the only position that they had. And they said, look, give this a go. It'll give you a good foot in the door. Um, so I did that. And then during that phase, got my license to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, then I became the sales administrator. Um, at that point, the two business directors decided to split the partnership and yep. one of them went and opened up the Acton office, which I now work for. So I went across with John, um, set up the sales admin department in that office and set up a lot of the office. And then uh, my reward at the end was that I <laughs> got to eventually transition into sales. So that was in, uh, yeah, 2012. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. So seven years ago. Yes. Seven years ago. Yeah, it is now. So now your first year of sales, you won... Acton's Rising Star Award. I yes, believe. I yeah. Um, what do you what do you put your success down to that was so early on? Um, that's a hard one. I think a lot of it was probably probably quite a heavy work ethic that was always instilled with me. So mm-hmm. growing up around family business, you know, my parents worked from morning until night. We all worked with them as kids. So I never really knew a five day work week. It was always kind of seven days, exactly like it is in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really come from having any money. I didn't move over here with any money. So I hadn't had to sacrifice anything, I guess, even getting my, you know, $32,000 retainer or whatever it was at the time <laughs> yeah. seemed like a lot to me. So I was willing to work very hard for that. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just enjoyed it. So the fact that I wasn't afraid of hard work and I really loved the work that I was doing, mm-hmm. um, I think I probably put in more hours than than a lot of other young people were at the time. So yeah. that just accelerated things a bit for me. Yeah. yeah. What did you love about it so much straight away? Um, everything, really. The excitement of it all, yeah. I guess. I really like just getting to know different people's journeys. So I guess with every transaction or with every house transaction, there's a different journey for the people, whether it's kind of, you know, moving on to their dream home or moving somewhere else. But they're all kind of unique circumstances and just met a lot of wonderful people along the way. And it was just kind of addictive to be able to help them get to where they were going. And I think that's still what I love about it the most today. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So tell me, what what do you think seven years ago, what are some of the biggest things you've learned in the last seven years? Biggest things I've learned? um, 
Well, I guess with the way that the market's been, I've never really worked in a, a buoyant or booming market. Yep. <laughs> um, so a lot of my clients tend to have lost anywhere from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to a, a couple of million dollars in yeah. some cases on their number one asset. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're really difficult situations to navigate with people. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just to be able to have those conversations with people to be honest with them and kind of try and figure out a way that they can make decisions to move forward with their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, um, I wanted to chat to you about being such a young female in real estate. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I mean, my first question I guess would be early on, did that present any additional challenges, do you think? But also do you think it's been harder for you to navigate those conversations with clients and that kind of thing, being a young female? Um, or has it been something that you've kind of learned over time that, you know, because now you've got some runs under your belt that, you know, that doesn't matter anymore? Yeah. So I think a bit of both. I think the skill set definitely develops over time because you kind of get introduced to more scenarios and things happen as you go along that Mm -hmm. you're then able to discuss a little bit more in detail with clients and you have a little bit more credibility. Um, But in terms of being a young female, I think my main issue in the beginning was really um, just my own Mm self-doubt and kind of my own I guess, disbelief or going, will people actually believe in me to get the job done? Mm -hmm. Because what can I offer? But luckily I had, you know, great people that I worked with and great mentorships throughout that phase that kind of really helped me along and encouraged me within that. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite fortunate as well. My marketplace is really made up of more self-made people. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're not really snobbish in any sense. And they were always willing to give you a try as long as you worked hard because they'd all kind of come from nothing and made something of themselves as well. So as long as I could prove that I would work for them and I'd be hungry to get the job done, it wasn't really a setback. I think the setback was more just mentally within my own head a lot of the time. Getting getting over that mental. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, now, I was in your office the other day. You mentioned the market. Yes. Um, I was in the office the other day and John m- said something that really struck a nerve with me and I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically said something along the lines of our grandfather's fought wars. And this Mm -hmm. was in response to me saying, how's the market? And you know, is (laughs) it tough? And the same old thing, our grandfather's fought wars. And and I think everyone's basically overreacting about the market and maybe they just need to work a little bit harder. Um, and it really struck me, I guess, because this was before the election. Um, and it was, it was such a different, I guess, sentiment or attitude than what I'd been hearing from people, which was, Mm. you know, toughest time ever and toughest time ever in our career. Do you think that that's, um, you know, that, that, um, I I mean, you've been working with John for a long time, that attitude, something that you've really, you know, you seem to be such a positive person that you take through your career and how is that, you know, different to what I guess you're hearing from other agents? How does that make you different? Yeah, well, I guess our team as a whole, um, we probably try not to really listen or buy into too much negativity as it yeah. is. Um, I think we all know that we're pretty fortunate to to wake up and have the opportunities that we do have every day. So we're not really an office or a team that's, that's spending much time focusing on the negative. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, when I do hear anything negative out there, I just try and avoid it because yeah. I don't like it because I'm quite a positive person myself anyway. So yeah. I just, I feel like it just sucks my vibes when people are are being negative the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I still think, you know, you look at it and anytime you look at it and go, oh, this is the worst market ever, I turn around and look at other people that are still selling and still turning over plenty of properties. Um, And it's more just 
finding the situations in the market that are that are right for your clients where they want to turn over the properties in this market and mm-hmm. there's still plenty of business to be done. So it's probably not as easy as, as what it's always been. But, you know, on the point of John saying our grandfathers fought wars, I lived with my um, grandmother in Germany for six months and she was the same age that I was starting in real estate when she was basically in the wartime and mm-hmm. giving birth to her children in bunkers while the city was being bombed and that kind of thing. You know, they had all of these horrible circumstances kind of forced upon them mm-hmm. without any choice. We get to wake up and choose to do the job we do every day. You know, we if we don't like it, if we don't like anything we're doing, we can change. So we've got all the opportunities in the world and I just, yeah, I don't think we really have the right to complain about them. Yeah, yeah. Such a great um, attitude to hear, you know, at a tough time. Yeah. What? Tell me about the conversations. You mentioned those tough conversations that you're having with the with your clients at the moment. Some are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. How are you kind of, what is your approach to those conversations? Yeah, well, look, it all depends, I guess, on the outcome. It's really focusing always on the outcome of where the client wants to go to. Um, obviously, strategies around minimising that loss as mm-hmm. much as possible and still trying to create competition in this market amongst buyers as much as you can to kind of push that price up, but really being realistic of where they're at. But in a lot of cases, you know, people that are, are moving on, in some cases, they are upgrading, which is great because mm-hmm. they're kind of picking up a bigger bargain on the other end for the loss that they're making. Mm -hmm. In other cases, it's more about having to cut the losses to move on with their life. But sometimes those losses, if it enables them to to be free from certain things that they've been dealing with, well, then we need to focus on that outcome and getting themselves there. And I think, as we mentioned before, at least we still have opportunities where everyone here in Australia can pretty much rebuild themselves. So it's more focusing on where they want to go. How do we get as much money to get them there, but then what can they do with their next circumstance to kind of make that work? So more always just just focusing on the outcome of where they want to be. Yeah. What are some of the strategies that you are using at the moment to kind of increase that competition um, in your area? Yeah. So a variety of strategies, I guess, around pricing. At the moment in our market, we're finding um, kind of the the broader range prices are working quite well. So the Mm -hmm. bottom end of the range to draw people in, the upper end of the kind of ideal expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just try and create a bit of an illusion of competition all the time, I guess. So um, whenever I've got a viewing booked in, say this is a private viewing, I'll always try and schedule another client to arrive you know, within 15 minutes yeah. into that viewing yeah. um, just to basically show and demonstrate to buyers that there are other people interested in the property. And I think, you know, well, at the moment there definitely is and it's it's starting to turn around a lot more, but kind of just always trying to put the seller in a position of strength that, yeah, look, we do have interest on this and you, you do need to make your best offer to buy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, your market is Coogee, you sell Coogee. Yes. You also live in that area. I certainly do, yes. <laughs> was that um, something, you know, you seem to love that area so much. Yeah. Is that, so, did the did the living come first or did the selling come first in that area? I guess, was that a decision that you made to sell where you live? Yeah, this selling actually came first in yeah. that area. So that yeah. was kind of the, the patch that I was originally given to work with, mm-hmm. um, even from being in Freo. So I used to actually live in East Frio, but I was just on my own in the little apartment in there. Yeah. Um, and I started finding it a bit of a hassle, even though like East Frio to Coogee is not very far. Yeah. Just if you'd forget something or you'd leave a key at home or whatever, it was just, 
you know, took up a lot of unnecessary time in the day going mm-hmm. backwards and forwards. And also as life kind of grows, Coochie is really, I guess, the closest spot to Freo that you can park a couple of cars, park mm-hmm. a boat, have ocean views, you know, have a backyard for your dog or kids or whatever it might be. So yeah. um, it kind of chose me in that regard, <laughs> I guess, that it, it really suited the lifestyle that I wanted as yeah. well. So, yeah. yeah. And it must be a suburb that's really changed over the last seven years, I guess, or, you know, it would have grown a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. it definitely has. So you've got, I mean, there's a few pockets to the area. There's the original, which was kind of all your old asbestos shacks and that kind of thing. Um, Then you've got the the late 80s, early 90s development, which used to be Coburn Waters. But Mm -hmm. since then, so either side of the suburb, north and south, you've got new developments and obviously the Port Coogee Marina as well. So there's a lot of new infill that's, that's come in and probably at least, don't know the exact stats, but at least 500, you know, new homes since I've started working there. What do you find the benefits are to living, living in your farm area? Well, it's kind of gives you a lot of credibility, I guess, yeah. for starters. So yeah. it definitely helps with buyers that are looking to move into the area if they're unsure or they're from interstate that I can really actually explain the benefits and be genuine about that as well, Mm -hmm. living in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also helps with sellers because I think it comes across that you love the area and you're able to portray that to buyers as well. So I think it's, it's only a benefit really. I'd recommend it to anyone. Any downsides? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no downsides, but I don't, you know, I don't really live a very wild life. I don't drink anymore. So there's yeah. no, you know, if I was coming home at 2am in Ubers and having to do home opens the next day and that kind of thing, you wouldn't really want people seeing you. Um, probably the only downside is I can't go to Woolies in my trackies because I always see clients down there. But uh, if I have look to live at your with face that, on that's the bus okay. stop and they're like, ah. It's yes, different. that's right. That's right. Not quite looking like your headshot today, Fleur. <laughs> so I just try and go after work, after my appointments while I'm fully <laughs> suited up because I normally run into a few clients down there. So yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, what do you think you're doing differently down there? You're obviously killing it, absolutely killing it, doing really, really well. What do you, what do you think your main points of difference are to your competitors? No, I don't really know if I'm doing anything particularly different different, I guess. Um, I think it's more so doing or being myself Mm -hmm. quite well and just honing in. I'd like to just hone in on my strengths and be true to myself and kind of double down on those things Mm -hmm. as my element of difference. Because I guess, you know, there's no, there's no two of the same. So I've just focused more and more on being who I am, doing what I'm good at. Um, if clients align with that, then they're going to be attracted to me because no one else is the same as me. Mm-hmm. If they don't align with that, then then they're not attracted to that. But I think, yeah, anyone that's successful across the board can pretty much just identify what they do really well and, and focus on that. What are those things? Well, I think I'm I'm very good at being involved in the community and giving mm-hmm. a lot back to the community. So that's probably a strength in terms of first of all, getting my face out there, but also just just getting involvement and more of a a subtle type of prospecting method, I guess, because I'm not really a full-on hammer-the-phones type of person. I just like to have conversations and get involved and that kind of thing. So tell me just quickly what kind of community stuff. Surf Club you're involved in? Surf Club predominantly, yep. So um, we're one of the major sponsors of the Surf Club and I also volunteer there as well. So I do all the grants writing and that kind of thing for the club. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from that, I've recently started my own little blog called Coogee Life. Beautiful. Um, So just doing different 
different write-ups on yeah, a variety of different things, whether it be events or certain things in the area, mm-hmm. um, and getting involved with local businesses and cafes and cross-promoting them through social media and that type of thing as well. Yeah. So, I imagine yeah. a community like that, social media would be quite a strong point down there. Is that, you know, are you are you fairly heavy in that regard? or? Yeah, um, yeah, certainly. I think it's something that's certainly grown a lot over the years as well. As you mentioned before, with parts of the suburb being quite new, you're getting kind of a demographic moving into that that's really seeking a community. Yeah. So a lot of the new businesses are being quite active on social and, you know, the clients going there are as well. And I think they're all craving that kind of real community yeah. feel. So that's certainly taking off more than what it was where originally we kind of had your older Croatians and Italians and those types yeah. of things, which was a bit of a different demographic. is not the strength so, in that regard. No, not yeah. the strength in that regard. <laughs> have to go down to the Croatian club for that one. But um, yeah, so that's, that's probably one of them. And one thing that I do like to consistently do and that we consistently train on is negotiating and mm-hmm. portraying negotiation to clients. So, you know, we're there to get the best results for our clients. And mm-hmm. I think I try and portray that in a lot of stuff as well, that we're not really about pushing a deal over the line. It's more, we want repeat business and referrals. So just do the right thing and the best thing by the people that you're working with all the time. So that's yeah. a strong message that comes across as well. Any, um, uh... Any things that you've done in the past that you've, you know, that you really would never do again in your last seven years, you know, things that you've maybe thought, mm, that wasn't for me. I'm not going to, that's not my jam in real estate. Um, ooh, I've thrown that one question. at you, sorry. Yes, you have thrown that one at me. <laughs> Anything that I've done? Oh, Probably in the early, not really not my jam, probably lack of preparation mm-hmm. sometimes in the early days, um, which yeah, has definitely lost me listings or, or lost me business. So I think no matter how familiar you are with an area, you've always got to be um, prepared. But I think the main thing that I try and avoid now is just don't take on the wrong type of client. Like yeah. there's some people that you just don't gel with. And I guess I used to, you know, you used to really want to win everyone and yeah. be like, yeah, I want to have every single client, but I've just really realized there's no point, um, you know, doing business with people that you're not kind of aligned with, that you don't get on with because it does just create problems the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And no matter how good you are, they're still going to have a bad experience because yeah. they just don't like you. Not their you person. don't like them by the end of it. So yeah. that's just kind of a negative way to do business. So I would just rather focus more on, you know, doing business with people that are that are like-minded and we get along and have that nice symmetry spend more time and effort on them mm-hmm. rather than chewing up all this time and effort on people that you know you maybe don't get along so well with yeah 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 beautiful is there anything that you do um that you stand by that anyone you know that maybe other people in the office go mm, fleur i don't agree with that or you know or you know, things that you kind of really believe that everyone else is like, mm, no. Um, I wouldn't really say to that severity. Yeah. Um, within the office, I'm probably the most active person on social media. Yeah. And recently I made the decision to blend my personal and business social yeah. media together, yeah. um, which I think a lot of people are maybe a bit hesitant of doing and go, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. But I think just on what we touched on before, I'm kind of at the point now where if people don't genuinely like who I am, 
then there's no point attracting that type of person anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to have to put out two personas of this is the business me and this is the real me. Yeah. It's like, this is all me. My yeah. life is pretty much all real estate anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, in your, you know, in your area as yeah, well. So yeah, that's right. That my spare sense. time spent, yeah. you know, in Coogee and that kind of thing. So it's yeah. relevant to the area, but that's probably something where some people go, oh, well, you know, you, you don't want to lose business for that. But I, yeah, I think that if it does lose me any business, it's probably not the business, business I wanted. wanted to have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Last big question for you. Mm. What are your big goals? Any big goals on the horizon? Big goals. I've got a couple of big goals on yeah. the horizon. Um, so one of them, and I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to get there, but um, I know I eventually will get there. So um, I became the rising star the year after Vivian Yap, which ah. are big shoes to fill. But Absolutely. My, uh, my big goal is to become Western Australia's number one female agent. So ah. it might take a little bit longer than uh, her to get there, but uh, I'm Fighting along on the way day by day. Good to have big goals like that. Exactly. So that's probably my, uh, yeah, my big audacious goal that's out there. Yeah. Um, and something that I've kind of recently been working on and I'm trying to develop more. So if you actually know anyone that might be able to help with this, this would be good. But I want to set up a bit of a, like a mentorship or a traineeship program for young adolescents that maybe aren't so fortunate in life or struggling with life and getting into careers mm -hmm. and kind of start a bit of a program of, you know, getting them through real estate or taking them on under my wing. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that real estate's a really great foundation for any type of career and mm -hmm. teaches a lot of values that you can kind of apply in any career. So yeah. I'd love to kind of yeah, give back and, and maybe help some, some younger people that were a similar age to myself when I started and try and get them on a, you know, a track in life that they can have a blossoming career from. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. I love um, the last couple of conversations we've had in here have been, um, we had Stuart Cox from the agency in and mm -hmm. we had uh, Cara and, and Glenn from professionals and both of those guys we chatted about how real estate, um, how do we make it become a career of choice, I guess, yeah. for kids in schools and something, you know, you said it was one of those things that you kind of always had an interest in, but it wasn't really a pathway that was laid out and yeah. how do you get into it? And so, you know, that's been something that's been, we've been chatting about more is how do you get people in young guys in the industry, I guess, and, and laid out for them. So that's really cool. Yeah. It's a big, yeah, definitely. Big good goal to have. Yes, thank you. How well, exciting. I'd love to, um, if you could, maybe even put me in touch with those guys. Yeah. it's certainly something and I think the more heads that are together across the board in Perth, you know, we could sit down and maybe work out a bit of a, a system of, you know, how do you get it into high schools or where can we go to, to help out yeah. and kind of introduce people to the real estate industry because, as you say, it's not really laid out in front of people no. um, at an age where they're making career choices. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's something we can definitely do later on. So cool. Very exciting. I think that's a great note to end on, Fleur. Brilliant. I love I love the big goals. So I'm looking forward to seeing you kicking some of those in the next few years. Me too. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for your time. And um, and hopefully we'll see you, see you smashing it. You certainly will. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions. So hit me up on Instagram. You can find me on Jess at Crib. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend.